Father's Day is just around the corner. And what better way to show your appreciation than with a cozy and luxurious Minky Couture blanket from our collection. Made with the softest and highest quality materials, our blankets are the perfect gift for the dads who deserve to relax and unwind in style. Whether he's watching the game, reading a book, or simply taking a nap, our blankets will provide the ultimate comfort and warmth. Give the gift of luxury this Father's Day with a Minky Couture blanket. Visit our website at minkycouture.com or head to your nearest store to experience the unmatched comfort and quality of our blankets. Happy Father's Day! Hello, welcome to episode 64 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. This episode is brought to you by Patreon supporters. Thank you. Today's special guest is Jin from Naked Bones Podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Tell everybody a little bit about you and Naked Bones Podcast. Sure. Um, my name is Jin. I am one of three hosts on the Naked Bones Podcast. We do book to film adaptations. So um, lately we've been taking a break just because we just wanted a break. <laughs> but um yeah, no, we've been covering, like, we cover anything that has been basically turned into a film. And we've done, like, Twilight, Harry Potter, and, like, a lot of Stephen King books, which are very interesting. If you're very curious, I recommend trying them out, <laughs> reading and then watching <laughs> the movie, because they're very different. But, yeah, um, and that's pretty much what we do. If you ever do Princess Diaries by Meg Cabot, I volunteer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've actually been really trying to, like, figure out if we can do that one. But I don't know how the – because, like, there's so many books and there's yeah. two movies. So I have to like, <laughs> be creative about it, I think. It would probably more or less be like, okay, these are the – Things that are different. <laughs> <laughs> like, they took out so many things, like a relationship that should have been there. I don't know. There's just a lot <laughs> we could talk about. <laughs> so today's episode, we're going to cover chapters four and five of Crest by Marissa Meyer. But first, I usually have my guests tell everyone their experience with Marissa Meyer, like the first book they read by her. How did they find her? Maybe a favorite book or character? All right. Um, well, actually, funnily enough, um, or not funnily, that was not even <laughs> a word. Um, <laughs> I only came across this book because I came across your podcast. And I've seen this when I would always go to chapters, but I wasn't, I guess, curious enough to see what the story was about, like the Lunar Chronicles. And so when I first read the book, I was like, okay, I'm, I was a little skeptical. But once I got into the story um like it was such an easy read it was really unique and honestly this was probably the first book I've read or like the first series I've read maybe since March this year because I just I kind of hit a wall and I this was really nice to like escape from the other books that I've been reading so it was really great to stumble upon this one yeah I'm so glad that my podcast was like an inspiration <laughs> Yeah, like I've listened to your podcast and I'm like, well, this is really cool and I want to read this now. <laughs> <laughs> that was my my sister too. She's not big on reading, but she likes audiobooks. So she was like, I listen to every episode of your podcast. And I was like, but you haven't read the books. <laughs> but she finally got all the audiobooks. So she like buzzed through all of them in like three weeks, I think. Yeah, this is the f I powered right through this series and I I just loved it. It was really good. Honestly, I think after the first couple chapters of this book of book three, it's like, how can you stop reading? <laughs> I know. And I I don't know, it's just it's just so cool. Like she took like the little bits and pieces from like fairy tales we know and turned it into like this and I just thought it was so unique and like no, nothing I've ever read before. So I, I really, I really appreciated this story. It was nice. I'm so glad you like it. <laughs> so first thing we're going to do is talk about Fan Art Friday, which I'm super excited about because uh, the scenes we're going to talk about are from this <laughs> chapter. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to do that more, trying to find art that reflects 
what's in the chapter or at least characters that are in the chapter so it's not so randomized. So this first piece is from August 7th and it's by Laura Hollingsworth on Instagram. And it's literally the first scene where Cress meets everybody in chapter five and her looking terrified with all her screens around her and Scarlet covering her eyes because Thorne is such an embarrassment and Thorne yelling, <laughs> Asus, is that all hair? It's so cute. <laughs> I love it so much. I just love the facial expression that Cinder and Scarlet have where it's just like, you can tell Cinder's annoyed and like, really, did you just say that? Yeah. It's like, oh, why? <laughs> of all things you said, you chose that. Right. Of all the things you could have said, like, hello, how are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> Not like, is that all hair? Oh, my God. Your hair is significantly long. What's the story there? <laughs> and I love all her little screens around her and her terrified wide eyes. Yeah, she's so cute. And like the whole the way it was described, she's just like this cute little petite person with really, really long hair. <laughs> her hair weighs as much as she does yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't imagine how she would be able to brush her hair with all the screens like it would kind of be like all maybe they're like hanging over the screen when she's getting different sections like that scene entangled when she's got her and hair wrapped around the entire tower while she's brushing small little two foot sections yeah, of it. <laughs> that's literally what I thought of I was like oh this is so cute <laughs> The longest my hair has been as an adult was my my belly button, and it was exhausting. And I remember cutting it all off, and I I literally felt like a weight lifted from cutting so much off. So I cut off, like, I think, like, 20 inches or something like that, but nowhere near long enough that it was getting caught in the wheels of my chair. Well, yeah, I can't imagine growing my hair that long. Um, I usually keep it, like, shoulder length or shorter, but this year I decided, you know what, we're going to try and grow it out but my hair takes really long to grow so it's yeah I I just want to cut it now because it's hot (laughs) outside mine is um really thick and really curly so it it grows but it grows like out instead of down (laughs) (laughs) but I I usually grow it really long and then when I feel like I can't take it anymore I chop it all off and donate it Oh, that's good. (laughs) So the next one is Cress and Her Satellite, and it's from Scott Keenan. And a big thank you to Scott Keenan for having a website because (laughs) I could not, you know how images get lost on the internet. I could not for the life of me figure out where this picture came from. And I finally found it on Pinterest and I clicked a couple of things and he had this whole website and there was like a little message box and I was like okay good I can message him and get permission because I try to get permission before I share somebody's art mm-hmm, yeah and he he sent me a bunch of other stuff that I'm really excited to share in the future but this is of Cress with that luxuriously long hair wrapped around yeah. herself and her arms and her vid screens with all her research I like that Carswell has his own video screen yeah. <laughs> <all> <laughs> <herself>. <laughs> and then Cinder and Kai are on another screen, her satellite, images of Earth. So much detail there. You can see, um, like, her keyboard, some of the controls that she has, her control panel, her outlook. If you look through the window, you can see a rocket shooting by. You can see the the um, gases in outer space. You can see little images of the continent on the orb that is Earth surrounding her. Uh, it's just crazy how much detail he put into this. Yeah, no, this picture is awesome. When I first seen it, I was like, wow, the detail, holy crap. I love the the detail. Even the strands of her hair. There's like a shadow around her collarbone. Yeah. It's kind of how tiny she is because she's like sitting up and her feet are just like dangling above the ground. Mm-hmm. She's a very petite person. She is. She's adorable. I love Crush. <laughs> just reading about her, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get to this book. <laughs> I know this is my favorite book in the series. So for the last year of the podcast, I'm like, okay, one chapter closer. (laughs) Yes, we're almost there. So big thank you to Scott and Laura for letting me share those. And you can find more of their artwork on Instagram. Last week, my Patreon team, the Rampion crew, voted for chapter titles. Chapter two is titled A Man Out of You from Disney's Mulan. And chapter three which got pretty much every single vote, (laughs) is Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. 
I liked that. <laughs> when I was reading like the book and I seen these notes, I was like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I like to come up with really good chapter titles and then every once in a while I just can't think of anything. But for the most part, it's it's a lot of like scrolling through the internet, like Googling things like songs about this, songs yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah. So today we're gonna talk about chapters four and five, and chapter four will be first. Last week, we left off with the Ramphian crew was starting to plan their palace coup and Cress revealing to us, the reader, that she's the reason the Ramphian has not been discovered yet. Oh, and also she's in love with Thorn. Yep. Very much in love. <laughs> Very much in love. Or infatuation, I should say. But yeah. she thinks it's love. <laughs> We're in Scarlet's point of view and she's cleaning up Wolf's wounds. And she's really sweet here. She manages to compliment Wolf and Cinder at the same time by saying... She may not get in many hits. So, okay, he's really good at defending himself. But when she does, she makes them count. Okay, so when she does hit him, it's pretty. It's a pretty good right hook that she's got. I could just, like, picture Cinder just, like, almost like, uh, like a ninja-like, being very quick and smooth. That's how I would like her to be. I don't know if she really is, but... I love to think of her as, as quick and smooth and... Maybe not trained, but, like, skilled. And I love to think of Thorne as, like, you can tell he wants to know what he's doing. (laughs) And he knows a little bit of what he's doing. But it's more, like, cocky than confident. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Yeah, like, because Scarlet, not Scarlet, Cinder's kind of like, okay, I know how to do this, but let's try it. Let's give it a go. Like, it's almost like she's fearless and will try any type of move. To, like, defend herself. Fearless is a good word for it. She's really putting it all out there. Yeah, exactly. It's cool. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Wolf is, like, really proud of Cinder, too, which I think is is really sweet of him. And Scarlet says that she needs to hit with her non-metal hand. (laughs) I gotta say, if I had a metal hand, that is all I would hit with. That's, like, the first one I would, like, go. I wouldn't use the other hand. That's that's precious. The metal, yeah, no. if it gets broken, <laughs> at least I know I can fix it. Whereas my normal hand, well, if it's broken, it's out of commission for like how many months? Well, also the metal hand is going to be a lot tougher. I'm yeah. going to hit harder with it. <laughs> I think you're protecting yourself. So, I mean, well, she's got to practice with her metal hand. Exactly. At least that's how I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> now Wolf has a new scar on his face. It's symmetrical with all the other ones. And Wolf says he likes his scars because they hold better memories now. I really liked that part. Um, just it's it's even though he got it from getting punched in the face. It's like <laughs> he it was OK. Like he kind of he knew it was coming. Other were like, whereas the other ones, it was unexpected. And like he didn't really have a choice, I find. I think also. With Wolf, his his past is so cemented in this killing machine that is this wolfen army that Lavana has created. And so training someone to overthrow the person that turned him into this creature, it's okay if you get a scar from that. Whereas it being implemented from fighting with others to gain station in the pack and things like that, it has it has, like he said, a different memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, and Scarlet's memory, she starts to think of the night on the train when she kissed all his scars, which is yeah. really sweet. And this caught me off guard. I kind of didn't realize this, but they haven't kissed since that night on the train because she doesn't count the night that he kissed her at the opera house. There's no affection in it, she says. Oh, my gosh. I forgot um, about that. <laughs> I thought that was so crazy. I was like, man, it's really odd considering they're like, exaggerated declarations of love at the end of book two where it's like okay I'm your alpha and you belong to me and I'll all right well I also belong to you and it's like it's it's really interesting to think about it after those declarations were made that they still haven't actually been I don't know affectionate towards each other yeah I yeah I completely forgot about the opera house one and okay it's weird (laughs) 
She imagines sometimes sneaking into his room at night and snuggling into him and feeling protected, mm-hmm. but she doesn't do it. No. Which breaks my heart a little. She deserves to feel loved and protected after everything she's been through. I agree. She had a pretty rough time up until like this moment. She did. But she says it's not for fear of rejection because Wolf is like crazy obvious with his adoration. Yeah, uh, he is. <laughs> but she's she's still heartbroken that he couldn't save her grandma. And immediately I was like, Scarlet, that's not fair. And then the next I, line is yeah. like, that's not fair to him. No, it's not, Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, when I was reading that part, I was like, oh, my gosh, girl, like, you, there's nothing he could have done. He didn't know. And, like, he's trying to, you know, be better for himself. So I think we need to take that a little bit. Yes. <laughs> like, he's don't learning. blame him. <laughs> he protected you in Paris. Like, he killed his own brother. That's pretty savage. Like, that's some love yeah, right there. That is intense. I mean, like he said, they weren't close. But he did still kill his brother to protect her. If that doesn't yeah. speak volumes. I don't know what does. Like, right. Scarlet, <laughs> get your head out of the gutter and, like, see what's happening in front of you exactly but she says she is still a little frightened of him because regardless of the fact that he's happy and adorable and awkward she remembers when he was a ruthless fighter mm-hmm. and that she remembers that there was something dark inside him but the monster she'd seen before was not the same as the man seated before her Mm-hmm. Which is really sweet that she knows that there's another side of him, but that that side isn't the dominant one anymore. Yeah. Kind of just like, um, was it like not accepting his past? Is it, I guess, she's trying to accept it? Just like just accepting having... his past for what it is, but maybe hoping yeah. that, you know, together they can have a better future. Yeah, and like work together and get over whatever things they're both struggling with she gets over it a little bit because she kisses his wound yeah and says uh you'll survive which is really cute mm-hmm. i like when i read these types of books i always like oh come on like just do it already <laughs> just kiss oh my gosh and then whenever it happens i'm like ah, yay i always my- think back to like my own stories you know like in my past because my husband and i um were friends for like three or four years before we ever had a relationship together, you know, mm-hmm. a, an affectionate one or romantic one. And I remember those few months when I started to realize I had feelings for him. And it was like every insignificant touch suddenly felt like it weighed a thousand pounds when normally it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> um, so I somewhat, I somewhat, maybe not in this context, but I somewhat feel what they're going through where it's like, does that mean something? Like, nope. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm not making the first move. <laughs> yeah. I've Looking back, I wish I had move. been a little more brazen, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hindsight. It happened. It still happened. <laughs> it did. It worked out for me. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> I go oh. calls them to see the news feed, and Wolf walks out grinning. <laughs> I love that he just like can't stop smiling and he's like stroking his cheek where she kissed him. He, yeah. He's so cute. Like he's just so adorable. He reminds me of just honestly like a puppy. He is. He's such a puppy. <laughs> he's so like lovable and adorable, but he will bite you really hard if you <laughs> misstep. Oh yeah. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't know his own strength. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I love this image of Thorne and Cinder playing cards and Thorne is like, you're cheating. And she's like, um, no, I'm not. I have the rules in my head. <laughs> like, she's well, so, that's like, <laughs> uh, so cute, too, because she's kind of like um, I find that like during that moment, uh, it's almost like introducing her to a, like a new world or whatever. And she doesn't know like the um the normal, like, what everyone else would know, like, customs. I don't know. Yeah, normal. like, those. she's not used to having friends. She's not used to playing games or having someone to play games with. So those yeah. those um, social interactions yeah, are, are is, new social. for her. So she's trying her best. It's cute. And, like, because she's always played with Aiko and, like, never, like, uh, 
well, she's not human, so. She's as human as an android will ever be. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's funny. I love her, like, just, like, shorthand comments all the time. And, like, whenever, like, uh, Thorne was like, oh, you're cute or you're beautiful because she's, like, the ship. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) she's blushing. The the ship gets all hot. (laughs) We see that in this chapter, too, in just a couple seconds. She, like that you there's like a whoosh of air right before she launches into this big speech. And it's like, that kind of feels like Aiko just like <laughs> took in a deep breath to prepare herself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so cute. But Aiko has to tell them something. Um, this is her, her news that she's sharing with them. There's breaking news coming out on the lunar special operatives. It seems that since the attack, the American Republic has been conducting investigations into the operatives and a sting operation is going down right now in the three Republic cities that were attacked, New York, Mexico City and Sao Paulo. They've already rounded up 59 operatives and four thaumaturges to be held as prisoners of war. So this is kind of interesting If you look at the video that they're watching, everybody looks really chill, they're calm, they're serene, they don't seem to care, like they're just completely carefree, but they're being held hostage, they're being taken as prisoners of war, and I think part of it is that they're just like, what are you going to do to us? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It was weird. Thorne makes a joke about prison food and... I like this this little back and forth. Cinder's like, why does it matter? They're just going to be sent back to Luna in two weeks. And Thorna says, it's a complete waste of time and resources. And Scarlet says, well, the government wants to show that they're doing something. They want to show that they can control the situation. And I think that's really interesting. Um, in our current climate, there's all kinds of people trying to show that they're doing something when they're not. But <laughs> I, get, I think it's interesting that that Scarlet is the one that points out, like, obviously, this isn't going to do much, but they're doing it to show the citizens, like, they're trying to instill a level of assurity in the in the citizens of, like, look, we can handle this. This is what we're doing to protect you, even though it's, like, kind of empty. Yeah, like, just empty promises. Like Yeah. Yeah, that's we'll- interesting that they did that. Wolf says that Lavana won't care anyways because she's done with them. They were only mm-hmm. ever meant to attack Earth, to make Earthens afraid, and to show that they could be anywhere, and she doesn't need them now. Yeah. Her her whole stance on, like, Lavana's, oh, she just pisses me off. Every time I read her name, I'm like, ugh, she's back. <laughs> there she is again. Um, uh, yeah. Aiko says that they've been tracking them with their reprogrammed ID chips. And this is where there's a whoosh of air before Aiko speaks, which I just, I really love that. It's like she's (laughs) taking a deep breath. She's like, are you ready for this? (laughs) (laughs) So this is how the Medroids were reprogrammed to take the chips. And Cinder remembers why she took Peony's ID chip, because she didn't want her identity to be violated. And Wolf is so cute. (laughs) He says, it's all right. You loved her. I would feel the same if someone wanted to erase Scarlet's identity and give it to Lavana's army. And I love Aiko. Oh, did Wolf just say he loves Scarlet? That is so cute. (laughs) All the fan girls are like, oh. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Like, before Scarlet can even be like, wait, is he saying he loves me? Yeah. (laughs) But again, at the end of book two, Scarlet and Wolf have this, like, serene moment between each other where they basically say, I'm devoted to you. Mm. So it's like, it wouldn't, it shouldn't be too big of a shock that there's love there. But I guess they have only known each other for, like, ten days. Yeah, it's very, like, instant, like, like the typical love at first sight. Uh, my husband and I were together for well over a year before he actually said I love you. So I, I get that it's like super soon. But then again, mm-hmm. I remember like my first boyfriend in high school, we said it like 20 seconds in. So it's like it's so <laughs> different depending on like your age and your relationship with each other. And yeah. Actually, yeah. Come to think of it, I think 
my boyfriend and I, we, I think it was within maybe three months, but like, we were like, oh, this is too soon. But I'm like, but it feels right. So <laughs> we said it. <laughs> I, I said it first in our relationship. And I think we'd been together, I want to say nine months when I said it. Um, but I said it once <laughs> yeah. and then I kind of was just like, well, it's implied now. And then by the time my <laughs> husband said it, I was like, uh, you've never said that before. And he was like, I kind of assumed you knew. Like, well, I'd like to hear the words. <laughs> like, I didn't know. Like, I, I thought you should love me, but, <laughs> oh, well. But this was, like, right after he um, he had already, like, proposed to me. And so he was like, I feel like that insinuates a lot. <laughs> I was like, I feel like you should still say it. I mean. You're like, I, I'd like to hear the words. <laughs> but not Scarlet. Scarlet is kind of, like, flustered by all of it. Yeah. It's like she's never, um, well, I don't think she's ever been, like, that close with anyone before. And Wolf is, like, he kind of just showed up almost. I don't think either one of them has ever, at least we, at least we as the reader aren't given any indication that either one of them has had, you know, serious relationships in the past. Yeah, they're probably, well, and also they seem like they don't like to get too close to anyone really too. So, or that, at least that's what I got in the last book with Scarlett, like in the beginning of the chapter, she's kind of just like, don't bother me. I don't want any friends. And then Wolf comes along and he's like, it's almost like he surprises her and she's like, Oh, okay. I think, I think she surprises him too. I don't think he, especially as this like Wolf special op guy, I don't think he ever anticipated love as like an outcome in his life. No. So it's like shocking, but also like super duper cute when he's like, I would feel the same way if you if blah blah blah. And then I think it's like, so sweet. <gasps> and Thorn and I love Thorn uh, teasing them and being like, "Oh, they're blushing because he knows mm-hmm. Iko can't see them." So he's like, "I got you, girl. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what's going on." <laughs> Cinder calls everybody back in. She says, "Okay, we need to focus. The yeah. Medroids are being reprogrammed." Um, but Cinder says, "The real war." hasn't even started yet. They shouldn't be worrying about all of this. They should be preparing to fight. Mm-hmm. And Scarlet says, well, we need to concentrate on making queen. And Cinder flinches at the very mention of becoming queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not ready. Nope. Nope. But <laughs> girl, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't had very long to um, prepare herself either. No, she's kind of literally been thrown into the fire almost. Like, yeah. This poor girl. And I like what Aiko says too. Aiko is like, ugh, this is taking too long. Somebody just assassinate her and be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> so we can move on. Yeah. And I love her because she says, like, not to sound all murdery. <laughs> not to be not to be all cold wired murderer about it, but wouldn't that solve a lot of our problems? <laughs> But Cinder, I mean, isn't that the first thing that people would think of? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> Cinder points out that, like, it wouldn't do them any good. You know, there's too many people that would get in the way. There's too many, you know, guards, thaumaturges. They could use Earthens as shields, including Kai. And that's when Aiko is like, oh, yeah, we can't risk it if Kai's going to be a danger. Yeah. Cinder's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> And Cinder says, we need to tell everyone she's a fraud. She's a murderer. We need to let it be known that she can't be trusted and that she cannot rule anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like that, like doing that too, it's kind of like, it seems too easy to like, well, not easy, but it's going to be difficult for people to realize that too, that she's a fraud. Yeah, because she is who she is. I mean... There's all those rumors, right? There's rumors that she killed her her niece and her sister and even her husband. And, there, you know, there's that rumor of infanticide that they basically confirmed at the end of book one at the ball. And so we they know she's a tyrant. They know she's capable of being um, vicious and mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of respect for the loss of human life. But 
they don't know the extent of it and they don't know the consequences of letting her become a part of the earth and union. Like they think this will pacify her. And then the rest of us, you know, the Eastern Commonwealth is being sacrificed, but the rest of the world will be safe. Which is not the case. (laughs) That is not the case. But that is the end of this chapter. Cinder says they already know she's a monster. We just need to show them that no one is safe if she becomes empress. Mm -hmm. That's like where I was thinking of the song. Oh, wait, I forgot what song I was. I had said, but I know that's next, so I won't go too far. (laughs) Simple Love by Leah Colin. Um, So... Yeah, the simple love one. Uh, I just, I literally just found it like in my Spotify discovery, but um, I thought it was really very fitting with um, not Cinder, um, Scarlet and Wolf during. I guess when they were just, he, she was like fixing his wound, and he was. It was just easy. It wasn't like <laughs> intense or anything with them. It was just, it was just nice to have them converse. It was. I forget the lyrics, but there was a lyric that I wanted to find, so I'm going to try to find it. (laughs) Well, I'll do that. I'll talk about one of mine, and then we'll go back to your other one. Okay. So one of my chapter uh, titles for four was I Won't Say I'm in Love from Disney's Hercules for pretty much the same reason. I don't know why Scarlet is, like, dancing around being in love with him when it's pretty obvious to everyone else. But I understand the not necessarily, I guess for me, I probably would be fear of reduction. But for Scarlett, it's more fear of outcome, I think, and like mm-hmm. what it actually means to love him and all of his flaws and his past. But I just immediately thought of that with the two of them, like not quite being out in the open with it. Yeah, I agree. Oh, no. But also that was like a very perfect song choice. And then I <laughs> had listened to it countless times last week. So that was nice. <laughs> what was your other one? Oh, yeah, The Chain. So I find that um, that song always comes up when like something like, like I don't know, some badass situation is going to happen. Like everyone's getting ready to fight. It's almost like a... Um, like a build up to something really epic. Like a get hyped song. Yeah, like it's a it's a slow start, but you know something crazy's going to happen. Yeah, I like that. And that is also kind of why I chose Demons by Imagine Dragons. I was thinking of all the demons that are in Wolf's past that Scarlet is having trouble overcoming um and that he's actually been able to suppress for the most part as long as he's around Scarlet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what was your quote for chapter four? My quote for chapter four, it is, um, so it's page 30 in my book. Um, I chose, I don't mind the scars. They hold better memories now that than they used to. And yeah, the reason why I like that one is like, um, cause when he, like everyone has scars, but there's always a story behind the scars. Unless you have, you find random ones and you're like, oh, how did I get that? But like, um, I, my friends always had dogs. So I have countless puppy scars, but they just never went away. So I'm like, (laughs) oh, this was from this dog. Or I fell out of a a tree. There's that one. Or um, I have this really dumb one on my wrist. And it was just from uh, scaring myself in a chair. And like the chair was like a... It was outside, so I had rubbed my wrist on, like, a really rough part on this wooden chair, and, like, it scraped me pretty good, and then that's my dumb scar. (laughs) So I I thought it was funny. uh, I'm notoriously clumsy. Listeners know that already. Um, (laughs) And so most of my scars, it's like, that was from this one, and I actually have one on my wrist from – I have two. I have one on my wrist from when I fell out a window – Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. You know how they say, don't lean back in your chair. Don't lean yeah. back in your chair. <laughs> I, I went right. right out the window. Noted. <laughs> and then I have another one on my wrist because when I was younger, I used to like dance in my room. You know how you pretend to be Britney Spears. <laughs> I tripped and fell right into a glass shelf and it just completely destroyed my arm. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> but I, I have lots of scars and they all have like 
most of them are stupid. Like there's, I used to work in fast food and there's one from when I dropped a basket, like a grease basket on my arm. (laughs) (laughs) There's one on my face from when I was a kid, I was wearing overalls and the latch came undone and it just completely swiped across my cheek. Oh my gosh, that is a scary one. (laughs) Oh yeah, I have not put overalls on since I was like six. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. They're dangerous. No kidding. But I love that. I love the idea that those scars, which used to be terrible memories for him, now they remind him of when Scarlett was kissing them on the train. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I thought it was a really cute quote. It's like romanticized. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not... Like, normally, I don't think it would be, but just in this situation, it's like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> it is sweet. So mine was from page 36, also from Wolf. I would feel the same if someone wanted to erase Scarlet's identity and give it to Lavana's army. I know that Scarlet is, like, a little bit hesitant, and I totally <laughs> get that. I yeah. love that Wolf is just like, nope, this is my girl. I am not hiding she, anything. <laughs> Like, he's not, like she, like Scarlett said in her, in her monologue, he's not trying to hide his affection. Like, he's not even remotely hiding that he absolutely adores her. He's made it pretty obvious. And even here, he, like, doesn't hesitate for a second to be like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be happy about this either. Yeah. Yeah. And as Aiko says, they're so sweet. (laughs) It's like a perfect match. Like, they both... They both just mesh really, really well. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast. And now, back to the show. So now we're going to talk about Chapter 5. We're back in Cress's point of view, and she's playing a game, and they all sound really complicated. She's playing like two or, two or three games simultaneously with Little Cress, and all the games sound really complicated to me. Yeah, I was like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> I'm just going to keep pushing past this because I have no idea what this is. I love that Marissa is like, okay, she's not up there playing checkers or solitaire. Like, this is her way of keeping herself entertained and challenged. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not because, I mean, you got to find something. Otherwise, right. well, you're going to be bored. <laughs> but she set this up because she went on a fitness kick, uh, which <laughs> we have all been there. She has to do an exercise, like, every time she loses a game. Which and is I so love, funny. <laughs> I love that this time she loses, she has to do, like, a country western dance and then <laughs> jump squats. <laughs> what a combination, honestly. Like <laughs> It really is. <laughs> I would not want to do that, for sure. <laughs> but luckily, she doesn't have to do that because she gets a ping. There's yeah. a decom uh, message from Mechanic. Finally, this poor girl has been waiting for like three weeks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So stressful. And they don't even know everything that she's done for them. (laughs) No. And like, this is, I really like this chapter because it kind of just like, oh, that makes so much more sense why they couldn't spot the ship. Right? Like, it's like, okay, it wasn't Cinder being like, hide and be invisible. There's like an actual explanation. (laughs) So I'm like, yes, thank you. I actually really liked this. <laughs> so she, Cress is like, look at all these people. <gasps> Thorn. Like spoon. Thorn is here. Ah, oh, it's Thorn. He was tilted in a chair, the heels of his boots propped up in front of the screen. Three people stood close behind him, but all Cress could see were the blue eyes staring at her, directly back at her beginning to fill with the same breathless awe she felt, the same wonder, the same enchantment. Oh, sweetie. (laughs) You're so innocent. You're just just adorable. I am such uh, a hopeless romantic, so 
like part of me is is with her and then part of me is like chill girl it's too desperate <laughs> you're like just you, you haven't really met him yet so just right <laughs> take a step back like admire from afar but oh gosh <laughs> and Cress is basically describing what she assumes is going to be love at first sight and then thorn says perhaps the best moment of the entire chapter aces is that all hair and I love this next line. The bond snapped the fantasy of one perfect true love moment disintegrating all around her. Yeah, because that's not real, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> we want it to be, but that's not a that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, well, you can try, but. <laughs> and she uh, lets out a squeak that she's never made before and then runs and hides under her desk. That part was like, oh, you're so cute. Just, <laughs> just take a breath. Poor thing. And then, <laughs> Cinder, uh, do you even think before you speak? What'd I say? <laughs> like, dude. Again, and he makes like, it worse. It yeah, was like a cross. It was like a cross between a magpie nest and a ball of yarn after it's been mauled by a cheetah. Oh, what a response! Honestly, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> just stop talking, and you're just digging a hole. This <laughs> poor girl's embarrassed. Like, how do you not see that? Her hair hadn't been cut since she was put in the satellite. So over seven years. Now I'm trying to like, I'm trying to be optimistic because everybody's hair is different. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to Google it. The average hair growth per year is about six inches. So if nothing else, six times seven is what? 42. Yeah. So if nothing else, it's 42 inches long, probably longer, um, which is about three and a half feet. And we're told that she's really short, like really small. Yeah. We don't know how small, but. Just assume she's tiny. <laughs> yeah. We talked about the, the Morgan and I in chapter one talked about the globe, the goldfish effect, how they can't grow past the size of their bowl because of how. Um, trapped they are in their own uh, entity. So we have to assume she's somewhat short in addition. We know that she's explained herself as being small. Um, So if you think about at least three and a half feet, right? I'm about 5'1", 5'2", if I round up, which I like to do. Um, (laughs) At three and a half feet, my hair would be right around my kneecaps. Oh, wow. So... That's pretty long. It is pretty long. Right. And that's assuming that her hair was like, that's assuming that she was like bald when she got there, which I highly doubt is accurate. Oh, yeah. Honestly, she probably had like at least, I wouldn't say like maybe shoulder length hair or something. But I wonder if like she just has really good genes and it just, her hair just grows really, really fast. (laughs) Yeah, because that was an average, right? So it's, it's of course possible that her hair grows faster or shorter depending on gene like genetics probably diet yeah that too Mm -hmm. a lot of things that could go into it I wonder how long my hair would be if I decided to grow it for seven years good golly I would get so bored (laughs) (laughs) like uh there's nothing to do with it uh and like I have flat like very lifeless hair so it would probably be really gross. <laughs> Mine is really curly, so when it's long, I think it looks fine, you know, because it kind of mm-hmm. goes all mermaidy. Oh um, yeah, that would be pretty. Yeah, but it's it just gets heavy. Is the main thing is that it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always wanted it to. I've always wanted to grow it like crazy long, but eventually I'm just like, it's too heavy. Cut it all off. Make it go away. Yeah, the pressure I, <laughs> on your head or, like, your scalp is, like, it's too much. Yeah, I mean, I can't even, like, put it up sometimes. Like, I'll braid it if I need it out of my face because just trying to pile it all on top of my head, it's so heavy. Uh, you do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now it's really short. It's, like, just shorter. It's a little bit shorter than shoulder length. Um, So it's I can put it in a ponytail, and it's, like, the tiniest little ponytail, and I love it. But I know in, like, six months, I'm not going to be putting it in ponytails anymore. <laughs> Maybe too much. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but her hair is really long because Sybil will not bring sharp objects onto the satellite. So she basically hasn't cut it that whole time that she's been on the satellite. That's and crazy. she gave up keeping it braided because who sees her? Right? That's true. I totally get that. When my husband goes on deployment, I care a lot less about what I look like. <laughs> I'm here. I'm waking up in the morning. Right. That's it. <laughs> I brushed my teeth. I took a shower. What more do you want from me? Yeah. Like, I've been working from home for the past while. And at first, I was like, all right, I got to get ready. I got to, you know, whatever. And then after, like, maybe, like, two, three weeks, I'm like, you know what? No one sees me. I literally roll out of bed, brush my teeth, make some coffee or tea or whatever, and I just start working. Sometimes I work in my pajamas, which is not ideal, but it just happens. <laughs> I feel the same way when I record because I don't use video most of the time. It just saves broadband. Um, but I, I recently did an episode with Marissa Meyer and I got to use video and I was like, should I like do my hair, do my makeup, put on like a really cute outfit? And uh, she ended up emailing me and she was like, is anybody going to see the video besides you and me? And I was like, no. She was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, is that okay? And she's like, yeah, I was just trying to figure out like how dressed up I needed to be. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that was exactly what I was trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm not the only one who is like, do I need to look cute for some podcast thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but Cress is also worried about whether or not her teeth look okay, because she might have spinach in them from her breakfast, yeah. which was freeze-dried eggs Florentine, which to me sounds super gross. I'm sorry, but I can't stand. I'm not a big spinach person. Like, I don't mind it in my salad, but once it's cooked and all slimy and stuff, like, ugh. But <laughs> freeze-dried <laughs> eggs also sound terrible. Oh, my gosh. I know. Like, I can I can do the spinach, but just curing freeze-dried eggs, like, how? Why? I mean, she has to eat something, right? You know, and she's probably used to it having been on the satellite that long. Oh, probably, for sure. But, I I mean, when I was younger, I was like, especially in high school and college, it was like, what can I afford? It's like, okay, ramen noodles, that, like, 32-cent canned soup stuff that's not very delicious and it's like I'm an adult I have like a decent income and it can afford real food and uh you know even just the smell of ramen noodles kills me now I'm like oh I can't do it I like just I can't even stand the smell and it's like I used to literally eat like a bag of that a day oh my gosh <laughs> yeah my diet has changed since high school because yeah I would do the same or um eat a lot a lot of poutine which is I don't know. Do you have poutine in the States? No, I, I don't I don't know what that is. Where are you at? No. You're not in the States? No, I'm actually in Canada. <gasps> what? One of my Patreon members is in uh, Toronto. Oh, I'm I'm from Winnipeg, which is like very small. It's kind of like a big small city. Big small town city, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> no, I'm from so Canada. What is, what is it? Poutine? Um uh, it's it's literally just French fries, gravy, and like cheese curds. <laughs> that doesn't sound horrible. No, it's actually quite delicious. But yeah. e- eating too much of it, I find that I was kind of like, you know, I have I can't have it as often anymore just because it was too much in high school, even university. I would always go to like this poutine place, but yeah, it's that's that's what poutine is. I've gotten a lot pickier as an adult part of it is that like I'm mostly vegetarian every once in a while I'll have meat if we like go out to a fancy restaurant Mm -hmm. Um, so part of it is that like I'm mostly vegetarian so you know not a lot of like greasy stuff going on yeah but it's uh it's just sometimes I think about like the stuff I used to eat and I'm like man I am so ungrateful now (laughs) (laughs) like because I remember my mom used to make I know it sounds horrible, but we used to love it. She used to make ramen noodle stew um, because we were pretty poor when I was growing up. And so a lot of our food would come from like church shelters and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so she would take like a couple bags of ramen, a can of like mixed vegetables, and then those cans of like dehydrated chicken. Oh, yeah, those things. And she would make like this, this stew out of it. And I used to love it. And I remember telling somebody about it the other day, and I was like, come to think of it, that sounds really gross. 
but that but was in like, the moment you don't think about it yeah when you're like eight years old it's like look at all this food we have <laughs> yeah, like my husband um welcome back to food podcast uh yeah <laughs> my husband just started doing keto and today for lunch he had spam and it legit smelled like a can of wet dog food like as oh. soon as he opened it I was like you're not gonna eat that are you like, do you know what's in it? <laughs> He's like, it doesn't taste that bad. I was like, that doesn't sound even remotely appealing. <laughs> it's not that bad. Makes it sound like you can tolerate it. Not like this is a delicious and healthy lunch. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so for everyone who likes spam, I apologize, but I'm legit. When he opened that can, I thought it smelled like wet dog food. And I was like, Ugh, I can't. I don't know I what it tastes like. No, it's. I haven't had it in like years because it was like almost like a I don't want to call it a guilty pleasure, but it kind of was. So does it taste better than it smells? Yeah. And then now that I think about it, I'm like, that is such a bad thing to eat. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do is um, I love those Orita. Well, I don't know if you guys have Orita, but it's like frozen potatoes. Um, and they have one that's like crispy French fries. And I love to make like a big bowl of chili and make French fries and then have like chili cheese fries. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite things to do is I'll just make a giant pot of chili and then just eat chili cheese fries for like six days. <laughs> that's a, that's honestly my type of meal. Yeah. I could my, totally do that. <laughs> my former co-host, uh, Ashley, every time I make chili, I have to text her because she wants like a big bowl of it. She she was over at the house once when I made it and she was like, chili cheese fries? And I was like, it's exactly what it sounds like, Ash. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and she was like, I have to do this from now on. I was like, I know it's really good, right? <laughs> like a life changing like way to eat fries. There's no way you can go back. No, it's boring after that. And <laughs> poor Cress has never gotten to have it because she has to eat freeze-dried freeze food. <laughs> if anybody has ever had freeze-dried food, message me. Tell me about your experience. I've had, like, the the strawberry ice cream stuff you get when you go to, like, a space museum. But eggs? I have got to know if somebody has eaten that. I need people to message me right now. If you've had freeze-dried eggs, you need to give me some kind of opinion because I have none other than it sounds gross. Uh, Cinder says uh, she's really sorry because her friend is a wing nut. And this kills me. It takes Cress like a page and a half to respond to them. Just to like compose herself and like... Oh, my gosh. She almost knocks over a hamper that could kill her little crest programming. (laughs) This was not how this meeting was supposed to go. This was not the fantasy she dreamed up in her head a hundred times. What had she said in all those dreams? How had she acted? Who had that person been? All she could think of was the burning mortification of the country western dancer. Now face your partner, no see do (laughs) And her magpie nest hair her sweating palms, and her deafening pulse. Oh, this poor girl. This poor girl. So fantasies never go as you plan them. No. <laughs> I would like to hear if someone actually, if there's went as planned, like how, or was it a dream? Right? One time my husband and I were watching, sometimes if he's in a mood for it, he'll watch like romantic comedies with me. Um, And one time we were watching, I think, Never Been Kissed, which is amazing. And he was like, nobody in real life ever does anything even remotely romantic. (laughs) And so I started doing crazy romantic stuff. Like, I tagged his car. I made all these little, like, cards with different poems on them. And it hid them all over his car. And I put in, like, a teddy bear and stuff. Um, But one day when he came home, he was supposed to be home at four. I had lit the whole house with candles. And I made us, like, a nice dinner. Um... And I had the dinner like out on the back patio ready to go with candles. And I had I drew like little arrows on pieces of paper so that when he came in, he would know to go to the back patio. Yeah. This mother effort did not get home until like 645. Oh, no. The candles were like just stubs. The food was cold. 
I was hungry and frustrated and stressed out. <laughs> oh no. But he got he got stuck at work and I was like, this is why people don't do romantic stuff. <laughs> This is why <laughs> you ruin it by being late. He's like, well, you could have just told me, hey, try to make sure you're at home on time. I was trying to make sure I, I stayed late so I could get extra work done. And I was like, if I tell you, it's not a surprise. <laughs> He's like, to be fair, I'm surprised. Yeah, we'll go microwave your food because <laughs> it's cold now. Surprise is ruined. I don't I, It's fantasies get ruined. It's just not it's never going to go as you plan. No. She has to steal herself together, she says. She's an actress. A gorgeous, poised, talented actress. And she was wearing a sequined dress that sparkled like stars. One that would mesmerize anyone who saw her. She was not one to question her own power to charm those around her. Any more than a thaumaturge would question her ability to manipulate a crowd. She was breathtaking. She was... Still hiding under the desk. <laughs> go, go crass. I almost called her Cinder. <laughs> yeah. It's time to get up. Let's go. And Thorn, Thorn goes, well, this is going well. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's going great. Uh, she finally hops out. She says, pause fitness program. She pretends she's on in a drama set. Uh, which is why I'm like, okay, her and Aiko could be good girlfriends. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> she says she's not in her bedroom. She's not in her sanctuary or her prison. She's on a drama set, ready to go. And as soon as she, like, almost has herself together, Thorn's smile makes her skitter. Oh. <laughs> she's like, okay, I'm just going to focus on Cinder and ignore Thorn, even though she's really tempted to, like, hook her eyes on him. Oh, and yeah. Cinder says, you know, do you remember me? Do you follow Earth in news feeds? Do you know what's going on in Cresco's? I know everything. Like, y'all don't even know. (laughs) I know more than y'all know. (laughs) (laughs) Cress tells them everything. She says she's glad they're all right. And Thorne goes, yeah, 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 we're all right. Did you just say you can track my ship? (laughs) (laughs) Who do you work for? (laughs) This is where they find out that... uh, it's not Cinder's useless chanting. She's been cloaking their ship, and I love her. Uh, you must have noticed you didn't get caught yet. <laughs> it was so, like, matter of fact. Like, uh, did you honestly think you were doing this? It was just, like, this moment of where she's like, what did you guys think was going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been helping you. Cinder is, like, full of gratitude, and Thorne is like, oh, good idea. Soften her up with flattery. Cinder says he is so goofy Cinder says we need your help and Cress is like yep what is it totally again Thorne is like good she's agreeable and I love that Scarlet smacks him she's like knock it off like you're being an idiot right now stop being Thorne take this seriously (laughs) Cinder says this is how you can help we need the people of Earth to know what links she's willing to go to in order to stake her Claim to Earth, not just the Commonwealth. If the Earthen leaders knew that she's been spying on them all this time and that she has every intention of invading their countries the first chance she gets, there's no way they would condone this wedding. They wouldn't accept her as world leader. The wedding would be canceled. And with any luck, that'll give us a chance to. Uh, well, the ultimate goal is to dethrone her entirely. OK, no pressure. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, super easy job. <laughs> so she needs evidence from Cress. And Cress is like, oh, yeah, I have tons of that. But there's like, it, it's almost like it was going very well up until that moment. Because it's like, yeah. it can't be that easy. <laughs> it's never that easy. No. Um, My mistress will recognize the footage. She'll know it was me who gave it to you. She would be killed for her betrayal. Poor Chris. I love this part, though. Cinder's like, well, we can't come because we can't get to Luna. And Chris is just like, I'm not on Luna. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you guys. (laughs) Like, I'm on a satellite. And I already know that your ship is compatible. And I was like, this girl was, like, hoping all along in the back of her head, just daring herself to hope that they could come and get her. Oh, she's so cute. But... 
guess what? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And then Thorne asked the big question. How long have you been on the satellite alone? Seven years. Long time. And he says, you're a prisoner. I love this. I prefer damsel in distress. <laughs> Which is actually such a Thorn thing, because Thorn would totally be like, I'm here to rescue you. I'm the yeah. great captain. <laughs> you know who he reminds me of? Like, from the Disney Tangled Flynn yes. Rider. Like, I say exactly. that a lot. I'm like, oh my gosh, every time I see like every, anything he does, because he's so like, huh, I'm so hot. But then he's so like oblivious to any like social cues. <laughs> uh, I'm like, you're, you're exactly like Flynn Rider. I love it too, because Tangled is like my ultimate favorite Disney movie. Me too. No one agrees with me. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's one of my husband's favorite too. I think it was his favorite until Moana came out because he loves that. But mm. uh, I it's love Tangled. Hilarious. I love Flynn Rider. And he's so Thorn. Thorn would be devastated if they got his nose wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know, right? Just that thinking, would kill like, him. Oh, he would just be destroyed. Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> I remember back to those chapters when they were on the news and he was like, they didn't even mention me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like very he um he's only he's not a captain, he's a oh what is the other word? Uh cadet? Yeah, cadet. Yeah. <laughs> he's like so insulted when he's not referred to as a captain. He's like, obviously I'm a captain. It's not cadet, it's captain. Like please. Ico's the only one that gives him that privilege and he's like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's just in love with Ico. <laughs> yes. And I love this part, too, that she describes his look as a little bit devious and all sorts of charming. Press, you poor girl, reel it in. (laughs) It's too much. But also, it's like, I guess she hasn't had, like, other human contact for, like, seven years other than Mr. Sybil. So I'm like, okay, I'll let that part pass. But, like. Who who isn't super nice to her. (laughs) Yeah, like. Just reel it in, girl. (laughs) So Cinder and Scarlet are like, okay, this is safe. They're like, what else are they going to do? We can go get her. We'll be there soon. And Thorne says, all right, damsel, (laughs) send over those coordinates. Uh, I love it so much. So they see this to me is like the turning point. Like, how could you possibly stop reading right now? Like, we have have to to. keep going. (laughs) We have to for the podcast. It's torture. But like. I remember the first time reading this book, I got to the end of that that chapter, and I just told my husband, I was like, I'll see you in, like, I don't know, 16 hours. I was like, and he's he's used to it, because we've been together for a long time. He was just like, is it that good? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is probably, like, honestly, one of my favorite books from the series. Me too, for sure. And it seems to be a really popular one. Yeah, and I don't know, and, like, regardless of, like, because sometimes I will judge a book by the size, because sometimes they, there's, like, too much in it, but this one, it was, like, it was perfect. Yeah, and, I read all the details. And, you know, we get so many more details in the upcoming chapters that I'm really excited about. Um, (laughs) So, what was your chapter title for uh, this one? Um... Okay, so I guess in the beginning, I was listening to Halsey, Halsey, um, finally, Beautiful Stranger, which I thought was kind of funny, because, like, as soon as uh, Cress sees Thorn, she's like, oh, my gosh, like, (laughs) cute, really cute song, and then halfway through, when she finally, or I guess, like, Right after that song, it would kind of be the Kylie Minogue love at first sight because she's like in love with this guy, of yeah. course. And um, where's my last one? Oh, I guess the last one would be um, right at the end. Um, I chose "Get Free" by The Vines, and it's like she's she's gonna get free. So <laughs> very typical. Very. I had very, a lot. Yeah. I had a lot for this one, too. I had Rescue Me by Fontella Bass, um, or Bass. 
I mean, rescue me, take me in your arms, set me free. Like, it just works. I also had Sweeter Place by Selena Gomez, which some of the lyrics are, is there a place where we can hide away um, and chase this all away, a sweeter place where we can be safe? And then Many the Miles by Sarah Bareilles, which is how far do I have to go to get to you? Many the miles between the two. And I love that one as well. So all of mine are about her escaping. (laughs) That's so cute. I like the last one. Yeah. 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 So what was your chapter quote for chapter five? Uh, My chapter quote, uh, page 40, um, three people stood behind, close behind him, but all Crest could see were his blue eyes staring back at her directly back at her beginning to feel filled with the same breathless awe she felt and then that would be cue my love songs <laughs> and swoon <laughs> oh my gosh and the studio audience going oh <laughs> it's like they're the only two in the room it's like you're typical <laughs> have you seen the 2005 Kara Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice my all-time favorite me too the I moment when they're in the when her and Darcy are dancing and everything <gasps> empties out of the room. I love that scene. It's just so, <gasps> ah, it's just the two of them. And like, I can go on and on about this. Like I am obsessed yes. with it. So <laughs> I, I know so many people that are like, Oh, but I like the longer versions. And I'm like, I just, I love the character portrayal. I it's love it so, so much. It's not so afraid well. to be to be awkward with with Colin and all of his proposals. So, uh, <laughs> or he just I love they're like <laughs> I love that uh, Darcy is played as like this weird socially awkward guy, uh, <laughs> which is very reflective of the books. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I just love it. I mean, so if you ever want to do an episode on that, I also volunteer. <laughs> I will gladly send you an email because yes. I always wanted to do it, but I'm like, I really need to do it justice just because I love the story so much. So yeah, dreams don't worry. Come true. I would be more than happy to watch that movie for the seventh millionth time. <laughs> Why not? I mean, what's one more time, honestly? <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> so for this episode, the word hair was mentioned 15 times. Um, there is one Easter egg, and next week we will cover chapters six and seven. Where can people find Naked Bones podcast? Uh, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and the handle is just Naked Bones Podcast. And then, yeah, I think we're on like Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Follow, rate, review, and subscribe for Naked Bone Podcast. And, of course, follow, rate, review, and subscribe for the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear a mask. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And until next time, don't get glamored. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Scarlet by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Jen from Naked Bones Podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pava, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong on Instagram. Thank you for listening.